I'm Dan Dews. And I'm Meredith Kelly. The hosts of Little Listener's Lounge. Be prepared to listen and learn about the magic of kids' podcasts. We talk to hosts, creators, producers, and writers and peek behind the scenes of their work. We've had some amazing guests. The deputy director of NASA. Everybody pretending to run away from a T-Rex. Is this what jellyfish are made out of? I see Lincoln's underpants. Join us to learn something new about some of your favorite podcasts. Subscribe to Little Listener's Lounge wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys! Today we have a huge surprise for you. You know why we're called Buy Kids for Kids, right? Because we're kids producing this for you guys, also kids. That's our deal. No grown-ups on this show. Well, today we're breaking the rules a bit. This time we have our favorite storyteller, our inspiration for doing this podcast, the voice behind our favorite audiobooks ever. And for this episode, we'll consider him a kid too, Stephen Fry. Seriously, he's a legend. He's so good at bringing stories to life with amazing accents. Some of them are really funny. Our favorite stories he read are the Harry Potter series. That should keep you busy for about 80 hours or so. He also does Greek myths. Winnie the Pooh, Paddington Bear, The Enormous Crocodile, and many more. Search for him on Audible. You won't be disappointed. We found out that he had told today's story on his podcast series, Great Leap Years, which you can find at stephenfry.com forward slash great leap years. We thought you guys would like the story too, with a bit of Buy Kids for Kids spice. The story is about the invention of the world's most famous game called... Actually, I'm not going to tell you. Have a listen to the story and see if you can figure it out. A great ruler in the East many years ago called together one day his grand vizier, his ministers and greatest sages. I have defeated all of my enemies and now time lies heavy on my hands. I want some occupation, some pastime, some puzzle that will absorb my time, fulfill my passion for war, strategy, conquest, Tactics. Whosoever invents such a thing shall be granted any wish. Well, you can imagine how hard all the wisest and most cunning talents in the empire work. The designers, creators, poets, planners, inventors, dreamers and visionaries busied themselves to come up with some creation to satisfy the emperor's ennui and win the prize. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a sec, Stephen. Although we read a lot, we have no idea what ennui means. We're kids, but smart kids. I looked it up. Ennui means to feel wary, dissatisfied, or bored. Back to the story. When the day came, the emperor strode round the great hall of his palace, looking at each of the offerings submitted for his inspection. Hmm, 
Interesting. Gold, silver and brass, forts and castles of immense mechanical sophistication promised hours of realistic gameplay, enough to satisfy any bored imperial warrior, surely. Mm -hmm. He passed by each stand like a celebrity chef judging a cookery competition or a duchess at a flower show, sniffing, <laughs> tweaking. Prodding. No, no, no. Testing. No. Nothing tickled him or worked his saliva glands until he came to a table at which sat an old Persian man who gave him a wrinkled, snaggletoothed grin and bade him sit before me, sire, and play this game I have invented. It looks very plain compared to the intricate contraptions of the other inventors. A wooden board. Two ranks of pale boxwood figures. The white pieces? Facing across to two ranks of identical ebony figures. The black pieces? The inventor pointed to show the differences. My game is unique because there is no luck. Just planning, cunning, skill, daring and imagination. Just like war and just like life. Here is the king. In my country, we call him the Shah. I shall be the black pieces. You shall be the white. You must attack my Shah. When he has nowhere to move, you may cry, Shahmat! The king is dead. Checkmate, said the emperor. Close enough, said the inventor. He showed the emperor how the chessmen were allowed to move, and they played. They played and played and played. Take that! The emperor had never experienced a game like it. Such complexity from such simplicity, such traps, surprises, Aha! artful creations and combinations. What's this? The other entries in the competition to please his imperial majesty stood no chance. This new game of shakmat was declared... The winner! You may ask me for any reward, said the delighted emperor. My wants are simple, my family small, the inventor replied, removing from the board the few remaining pieces from their last game. You see, my chessboard, eight squares by eight. I would ask you for just a grain of rice to be placed on the first square, two on the next Four on the one next to that, then eight, then sixteen, and so on, until you have come to the last square, just adding twice as many grains each time. <laughs> ha! cried the emperor, clapping his hands. For all your cunning, you missed a chance to enrich yourself, old man. You are too easily satisfied. Bring a bag of rice. Within moments, the Grand Vizier was pinching out a single grain from a sack and placing it with haughty disdain onto the first square, A1 in modern chess parlance, or Queen's Rook 1. Two grains he placed on B1, four on C1, eight, 16, 32, 64, and finally 128 grains on H1, King's Rook 1. The Grand Vizier was getting bored and had sent for a pair of tweezers. 128 was rather fiddly and 
For A2, he would have to count out 128 and then another 128 to fill that square with 256 grains, which was already too much for the square to contain. Uttering a weary oath at the nuisance of it, he chose instead to place a small stone on the square and heap the grains onto a floor tile. B2 needed 512 grains. The emperor saw that this was going to be a boring procedure, waved a hand and was making to move off when his chief astronomer and mathematician, the most wise and learned sage of the day, stood before him and blocked his way with a respectful bow. Sire, he said in an urgent whisper, I have made calculations. By the time the vizier gets to the fourth row, it will require two billion grains of rice just to fill that 30-second square. By the time he is on the second square of the seventh row, over half a trillion grains. By the end of that row, it will be more rice than the world has ever seen. By the last row, more rice than the world could ever see. More than there are stars in the sky. More than there are grains of sand in the desert, mighty one. If you grant his wish, you will bankrupt the empire, and the world will be a parched desert. The king tried to do the sums in his head, then looked at the sums the sage had scribbled on his scratch pad and thought hard. He slowly saw how vast the numbers for each square were. By this time, his sage had calculated the weight of so much rice. No horses, yaks, or dromedaries could carry so much, not in a hundred thousand times, a hundred thousand years. Oh, I've had enough of this. The vexed emperor did what any ruler would do, what you and I would probably do in the same circumstances. He had the inventor's head cut off as a warning for others not to get smart with him. And so, chess was born. Now that's impressive. Find a chessboard, find a friend to play with. If you plot and plan carefully and exercise your inner genius, maybe you too can cry, Checkmate! Thank you for listening to this episode of Bye Kids, Poor Kids Storytime. Performed by Mo Gashago, Stephen Fry, and Max and Ruby Dews. If you'd like to hear more of the masterful Stephen in his epic series, Great Leap Years, go to stephenfry.com forward slash great leap years. To support Buy Kids for Kids Storytime, go to patreon.com forward slash buy kids for kids. To find out more about us, go to buykidsforkids.co. Hey guys. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and family. It is one of the best ways to support BKFK Storytime.